0: Welcome to Nothing is O.B. South Texas Golf Podcast, episode number 47. I have a special guest today. It is Greg Hiller. He is the Director of Instruction at TPC San Antonio. But before we get to speaking with Greg, I have to announce I have a brand new sponsor of the show. I have a good buddy of mine. It's Michael Aguirre. Now, Mike is a financial advisor for Capital Strategies. Now, I wouldn't just say any sponsor or have any sponsor for the show, but I spoke to Mike and I know him from coaching his daughter, Michelle. Uh, Mike has such a passion for helping others. And the way I like to think I'm passionate about golf It was awesome. He gave me goosebumps the way he was passionate about helping others in their finances and helping them secure a better financial outlook for themselves and for their family. Especially during this COVID time, uh, you see all these GoFundMes or people selling uh, brisket plates or barbecue plates to help with funeral costs, medical costs. Mike can really help you into looking into some of those things that can really help your family, and help people just in case something were to happen to you. Mike is passionate. Um, Mike is such an awesome guy. Uh, Please hit up Mike at magita at csomtx.com. Or you can give him a call on his cell phone at 210-413-2522. Hit up Mike. He won't let you down. All right. Now, on to our show. With Greg Hiller. Now, I have Greg Hiller here. Like I stated earlier, he is the director of instruction at TPC San Antonio. He's played in several, uh, he's won several mini tour events. He's played in several web.com tour events as well, which is now the Corn Ferry Tour. And he's qualified for the 2003 uh, US Open at Olympia Fields in Chicago, Illinois. Thanks for joining the show tonight, Greg. Hey, Andy. Thanks for having me. Yes, and, and like we said, like I stated to you uh, earlier off air, uh, man, I've been such a big admirer of yours from afar of the work you do. And I, uh, besides teaching, besides teaching, I love that you still play. I love to hear that these teaching professionals, uh, Class A PGA professional like yourself, that still grinds and still uh, mm-hmm. gets those feels that all of us golfers and hat golfers are trying to get.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's good. That's what makes golf fun is, is if you're competitive, there's always an arena for you to play in. And obviously I tried to pursue the PGA tour for uh, about 11 years and um, got all within making it to the finals of Q school uh, twice by a shot. And, uh, but I qualified for a bunch of, uh, you know, what was then a nationwide tour and um, qualified for a bunch of those events and got to play with a lot of big names. Um, In fact, one of the names that's on the leaderboard right now is, um, Camelio And I actually have played with him in a, an event, um, in, um, it was actually in Louisiana. So, but playing at that level and then playing on the Southern Texas PGA events and stuff, I, I enjoy, um, I still enjoy the competitive side of it. So. Well,
0: it, well, it's awesome to watch those, uh, southern texas PJ uh, event leaderboards because i see your name up, up there at the top and then i see you holding uh, i haven't seen you this year holding the first place one but i've seen you up there taking pictures you know holding those flags that that say you know that have the place the place on it and it, it's really neat because I know I know the kind of guy you are. Whenever you worked at San Pedro for the Alamo City Golf Trail, uh, you always took care of a little golf coach from a little Catholic school like myself. <laughs> you always you always let the kids get on for play a couple holes. You always threw us some range balls. And it's just it, it this is why I do the podcast. You know, it's kind of it's, it's to meet personalities like that because you really and I'm sure from all the years you've played golf, you really learn a lot about how someone carries themselves on the golf course, about how their personality really is.
1: Yes. Um, I, I've always enjoyed helping like schools and people like yourself because, uh, I came from a very small school, a very small town. Um, my golf course didn't even have a driving range. In fact, uh, they didn't even have grass greens when I started. They didn't even have an irrigation system so, uh, to come from nothing, uh, is, is actually where I came from. So my, my little town was a, a town that had sand greens and, um, And so I, that's when a town didn't have a lot of money and couldn't afford a full size, uh, 18 hole or nine hole golf course with bunkers and all that sort of thing. Um, that just happened to be the way that they, they started out building golf courses. And, um, you know, then I went on to play like an 18 hole golf course. There's a number of them in Bismarck and, um, and that's, uh, so looking back, it's, it's easy. It was easy to support schools and people like yourself because I was a part of that, that regime a long time ago.
0: Well, well, stating that, uh, some tournaments and, and, in- some of the events and the courses that you played in Bismarck. Uh, every Let every everyone, you know, just in case they don't know that you're from North Dakota. And so, uh, we, we're going to kind of mix this up a little bit. So, how did you make your way from North Dakota all the way to little old San Antonio, Texas?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I, nobody at the time, virtually nobody in my family played golf and uh, my godfather actually played and introduced me to the game. Um, he got me going, kind of helped stoke a, a passion for the game in me. Um, then I just went on to play, and then I actually had one or two relatives that, that were already playing and kind of came out of the woodwork. And um, just loved to play, and, and uh, I was very, very fortunate by the, the junior golf program that they had in Bismarck. Um, it was, it's got to be one of the top junior programs in the country, the way they allowed golfers to have special kinds of memberships and free golf on certain days and junior golf camps, uh, and a series of tournaments all the time. Um, there was looking back, it was, it was probably the best experience I could have even have dreamt up. And then, uh, that kind of led to me having some, some success, um, on the high school level. I, I won the state medalist, uh, title in my school's division, uh, when I was a freshman in high school. And so kind of got off to an early start and, uh, was able to, to bring home with, you know, our five, some of guys, I was also able to bring home our, our school's only state championship. And so that's, that's led to a a decades long legacy of, of a love for golf in a small town. And uh, then I went on to play golf and for North Dakota state university. And at the time uh, when I was playing in tournaments and stuff, I was having some more success and was kind of developing myself as a, as a young amateur um, met a golf professional at a golf course, a PGA professional who went to Texas Lutheran. And so I wanted to go from a cold climate. Obviously, everybody knows North Dakota is a very cold climate. <laughs> um, went from that to uh, to just somewhere in the south where I could play golf and stuff. And so I uh, played my way onto the team at Texas Lutheran University and and uh, then I liked the city of San Antonio and the opportunities that it had. and, and then that's, that's where I, that's where I stayed right after college.
0: Well, can you tell me some, or tell our listeners, what's some of the biggest differences from playing up north and then
1: playing here in the south? A um, couple main things, obviously, the weather. The weather's a big component. Um, I think you know, my golf course was open from right around. March to about Halloween. So you've got, you know, four months or five months where the golf course isn't open. Um, you pretty much hang your clubs up for the winter time. You do other things, other activities. And, uh, then when you're playing, you're playing, you know, you're playing a lot. So, uh, the sun uh, stays up or the days are longer and stuff up there. So it's not uncommon for, for me to, to be playing it. You know, eight forty-five to almost nine thirty at night, on uh, the summertime. In fact, I played golf uh, when I was up fishing with my dad in northern Manitoba. Uh, we we walked off the golf course like at ten thirty at night. You know, the sun was just setting. That's how far north we were playing golf. <laughs> Damn,
0: that, that's awesome though. I mean, that that takes sundown golf to like a new level. I mean, it's like it's that's almost a night. That's nighttime golf. You know, I with, know, with no really- lights. That's-
1: It's a new country song. Fish all day,
0: golf all night. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is, and shoot for hack golfers like me, and for people that listen and watch the show, uh, like like right now at this time, especially after the time change, uh, sundown golf is is like it's back in session, you know? Yeah. And especially right now with since since the COVID, uh, since all this COVID stuff is happening, golf is just exploding, especially uh, at the municipal courses. Now, how is it at? a private course level right now. Do you see a big influx of golfers or, uh, is it just something, I guess, maybe more municipal, more
1: city courses? Every, everywhere has exploded. Every sector. Um, I think in, in the, the PGA statistics, every single department of golf is up equipment sales, rounds of golf, memberships, all that. Um, I don't know one golf course that is hurting because of all this stuff it's an outdoor activity people can um, social distance Um, there's a million precautions that were put into place Um, whether it's you don't even walk in the golf shop and touch anything you check in on your phone you can pay online and to where you don't touch flag sticks there's no bunker rakes nothing like that so Um, because of all those types of things, golf has, yeah, it's exploded. I mean, we've, we've taken on lots of new members. Um, You know, they'll probably the one, one thing that's slow to come back is your corporate outings and your, your big group tournaments. Uh, The tournaments are a lot smaller, but you know, hopefully here in the near, near future, that'll all start to get back to fairly normal frequency.
0: Yeah. It's really weird. I was there at the Valero open today and it's it was it looked way different because you, you don't see those huge towering hospitality rooms. Uh, you see just more like tents or the traditional cabanas. And you don't see a lot of you don't you didn't see a lot of gatherings today. And no. and, I, and I think that has a lot to do with the limited amount of tickets. And it was just it was really weird, you know, but it was it was great. It was freaking great to be out there, though. Uh, it was a gorgeous day out there.
1: Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, we're we're just thrilled to have an event this year because we were uh, two weeks away from the event last year. I remember that um, Austin Country Club was fully set up and ready to go for the Dell, and that's right when things hit and they closed down um, a lot of the facilities and stuff with COVID restrictions and stuff. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's much much different. the The gatherings are way smaller. Um, what you saw are like little open air cabanas. Yep. Um, where there's limited space limited people um there's there's no autographs uh there's no fist bumping there's no um kids area i mean it's 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 a much much different valero but you know it's still a valero and i I told yeah you can still watch it and stuff totally agree with you yeah it's we're like i said it's it's way different but we're happy to still be having it
0: and for me, it, it hurt me because I do a lot of stuff through uh, a local media with Hector, Hector Ledesma and Sports Tonight. Yeah. And that's who I do my local media stuff with, and that's who, I, that's who I did with the Dell. And then this year they did it remotely, and it, like, broke my freaking heart. I'm just like, no. I said, my wife understands that when the Valero Open comes to town, the PGA comes to town, uh, she gives me not a hall pass per se, but it's a, a golf <laughs> hall pass, you know, to where uh, she's like, hey, she knows I'm going to be at the course. She knows I'm going to be playing golf with my buddies. She knows it's just golf for four straight days, you know, and she's uh, my wife. God bless her soul. She knows what she married. And, you know, she kind of gives me that golf hall pass to, hey, this is your time. I know it only happens once a year. And I was crushed last year. And I actually had uh, Coach K from UTSA, uh, the men, the Roadrunner team on And we, we were discussing after, you know, cause his team's been on a tear this year. They're ranked number 26 nationally. And, and I'm so happy for him because, uh, if you, I'm sure, you know, coach K from being there because, you know, the UTSA men's team practices at y'all's
1: facilities. Yes. Yeah. We haven't, we have a nice partnership with them, um, uh- Canauer, Mr. Coach Canauer and Coach uh Summer do a good yeah, job. Summer Batista. Um, oh yeah. You're yeah. Awesome people. They, uh, they had a nice showing <clears throat> at the Cabo Collegiate this year, which was a really cool event that we that they we hosted at our facility. Yeah, y'all had some top-notch
0: colleges there and you had some of the the country's best players. And that was I, I got to go on I went on the last day and again I was just blessed with some beautiful weather because I'm glad I wasn't there on that first day because I heard <laughs> the weather was freaking crazy.
1: Yeah, it was brutal the first day. Um, what's really cool is the they gave the medalist of the Cabo Collegiate, um, Sam Bennett from Texas A&M, they gave him an exemption into the Valero. And I actually watched him tee off this morning. So um, that's that was really neat. And you're totally right what you said before. I mean, you had Stanford, uh, ASU, U of A, um, Texas A&M, UT. I mean, you had... I forget how many of the top 20 schools were, were at our place, but it was, um, there was an Oklahoma, Oklahoma state. I could keep naming more of them, but yeah, there was an unbelievable amount of talent collegiately at, at our place for that event.
0: Oh, and, and the thing is, I just, from so speaking with coach K and just, he was so appreciative of that, that Cabo, I mean, what tournament that's supposed to be in Cabo, you know, San Lucas was yeah. able to be, be played at, you know, the home course here at uh, TPC San Antonio. So as we talk about TPC San Antonio and the Valero and the Valero Texas open, uh, can you tell me what's probably the, the toughest hole or the toughest things that some of these professional players have to deal with? Because uh, one of the reasons why I started this show is really to get more people and to get people to really uh, outside of the city of San Antonio to really respect the Valero open because you know what? I hear it constantly. I'm hearing podcasts, listening to podcasts hearing the, here in the media. A lot of the big names don't like to come here because uh, some of them say it's, this course is too hard or, you know, they're always dissing it. The media members are always dissing this tournament. And I'm just like, why? Like the, the, you know, the this, this hospitality is tremendous. I mean, people bring their families. The amenities here that the resort has, uh, the course is top notch. And I always see, compared to what I saw in the Dell, I said, I think, I think the people here and the people that make up the Valero Texas Open, they
1: go above and beyond to host a really awesome event. Oh gosh, yes, yeah, it's a phenomenal event and it has a long history and of being a quality event. Um, I would also say that I. The golf course, yes, is definitely one of the harder golf courses on the PGA Tour. Um, if you look at the stroke averages and stuff, but it's a good golf course, and I think it prepares you to play anywhere. Um, the you know it's it's back to back with the Dell Match Play, and then obviously right after the next week is uh, is the Masters and stuff. So I think you've got um, a sector of guys that choose to not play the week before the Masters just because that's it may not uh, matter where the event is. They just probably don't want to play that week um, and get their game ready at maybe their home area, their home club, or somewhere where they're used to practicing. But um, the field this week is, is very, very strong. And in fact, um, as you saw in the news headlines, I mean, DJ was actually set to come to the event, but I mean, we've got, um, you know, once you have last year, uh, Ricky and Jordan both played and they're back again this year, Uh, Phil Mickelson's playing. Um, You've got really a a very diverse uh, field this year. I mean, you've got some older players, you know, like your Jim Furex, Phil Mickelson's that are are here this year, but you have a lot of young players that are playing as well. And then, um, you know, we've got Got to actually got a guy from North Dakota in the field too. <laughs> <laughs> man, so. y'all, are
0: every, y'all are y'all are y'all like the bubonic plague. Y'all are everywhere.
1: We're we're like an old penny. We just <laughs> we won't go away.
0: <laughs> damn, man. I haven't damn I haven't heard that saying in a long time, man.
1: <laughs> but yeah, we've got you know, Tom Hoagie's from Fargo, North Dakota, and I know Tom pretty well and and um he struggled a little bit he struggled
0: out there today Uh, we were watching play he struggled he 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 had a hard he had a hard time especially we were there on 17 and we saw him uh he was trying to get up and down and and we saw him miss like i think like a five footer to save par you know it just is kind of lipped in and out and uh hey you look good with that pink shirt though i mean man he's he was he was styling though he was was representing North dakota well
1: (laughs) he uh yeah he finished i mean he's it's tied for seventh he shot four under but um you know like just for example, you've got, you know, Hideki's playing um, kind of right in that group. And you've got Scotty Scheffler and stuff. So you've got a, some, you know, guys that are fairly fresh out of college and stuff. But um, Matt Kuchar is playing. He always seems to play pretty well here. Um, people love him. People lo- people love to go kooch They love yeah. him over here.
0: <laughs> you know, maybe ho- hopefully they haven't seen him tip or anything around town, you know, at the restaurants or anything. And maybe, you know, do you know what I'm yeah. talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh he he actually (laughs) it's funny you bring that up he um yeah there's like I said there's if you just go down the the field this year it's it's very diverse and it's it's going to be interesting to see who who finishes you know in the top and stuff and uh it's nice to see Jordan get off to a really good start I I watched him play a couple of holes and he looked really good. So it was, he did. Uh, he did. I, I got some questions
0: right here. Okay. And uh, sometimes they don't show up just because they're not logged on here, but I have my buddy Dennis. He said, uh, who does Greg have winning it all this year? Uh, Speed is due for one. So who do you think after just watching today, who do you say has probably a good chance to win the BTO
1: this year? Well, it, it would be hard not to put Jordan in your top five list. Um, you know, he he got off to a good start, but he didn't finish strong, but Abraham answer, you know, there's a lot of eyes on yes, him. Man. He's, a, he's a stud. Yep, yeah, He's a great player. Great guy. Um, I get to see Abraham some and visit with him, and, um, I could definitely see him coming from behind and and playing good again. So, um, I would say, well, I would say, you know, Hideki would be another one that I would kind of, kind of keep in mind too. Um, Uh, You know, here's like maybe one of your more seasoned players, Padraig Harrington played good. I mean, he's a two under and uh, you know, he's a grinder. And so I think our weather is probably going to be pretty decent, but if the weather wasn't going to be good, I would, I would, uh, I would not bet against, you know, like a European to play well just because they're very, very diverse guys and they can overcome a lot of bad conditions. I, I totally agree, especially playing
0: in those, uh, open conditions. Well, let me, let me, before we get into the course, before we get into the Oaks course there out at the uh, TPC San Antonio, let me okay. tell you a little story about, uh, Padraig Harrington. Right. So, <laughs> so it was, it was our first time being, it was being my, it was my buddies and I first time being out there at TPC San Antonio at the Blair open. I say it was, I think it was about maybe eight or nine years ago, I think. And, uh, we're at the 16th hole, and you know how rowdy the 16th hole can get. Not yeah. Maybe not this year, but, you know, hey, we're in the hospitality tents. The drinks are flowing. Everyone's feeling good, right? Well, well, Patrick Harrington's coming off of the 16th hole, right? And, you know, normally how they have – it, like, has, like, a little tunnel, I guess, right, how the players can kind of walk through, right? Yeah. And uh, he goes into the porta potty and he's taken a long time like he's taking <laughs> he's taking a long time like like he, i can't remember his two playing partners his two playing partners are like hey like what's up with this guy like come on and so and so you know we noticed this and as he comes out we're just like we're giving him the business I mean we're just letting him have it I mean like hey man did everything come out all right hey you got some toilet paper stuck to the bottom of your spikes you know like oh man we were just giving him such a hard time right well then uh later on in the round my buddies and I were waiting outside of the player's locker room and not knowing it was the player's locker room because we're waiting for the VIP shuttles to take us off back to our vehicles. Right. Well, look who comes out of the,
1: of the,
0: they were like, who do you know? I was like, guess who it is? Our buddy potty, you know? And we're just, again, like, Oh, we were just giving him such a heart. It was like, like, I mean, it was our first time there, but uh, I mean, his face was just like priceless, you know?
1: That's funny that I I could see him throwing it right back at you. So
0: he did not He you can tell he was just, he was a little bit caught off guard because, you know, we we're kind of praising <laughs> him, but at the same time, you know, giving him the business, but all in all, he was a good sport because really like somebody could have smacked me and my, my buddies and I around like big time. <laughs> okay. So right now going back to the Valero Texas open, we have uh, Camilo Viegas. He's at the lead at minus eight. Now, at, like you stated earlier about the, the the weather and things like that what also kind of comes to play and where is
1: really the tournament kind of won and loss out there at the elks course um i feel like that that course favors uh people who drive the ball and control the ball really well um i think the par fours are kind of the holes that i don't know i feel like they can kind of make or break you you know the the number ones, the number nines, um, holes like that, where you've got to step up, you've got to hit a good drive, and then you have to put it on the, on the right part of the green. And, um, that's a, that golf course really, you know, it doesn't really let up at all on, on a lot of the holes. And so, um, 15 is another example of another really good par four. I think 15 is actually the highest scoring par four on the golf course, And so I feel like if the guys drive the ball well and control their irons, that that really sets the stage for a good round.
0: Now I'm going to pull up a couple of pictures here of the 18th hole here at the Oaks course. Okay. Now you have uh, it's it's a gorgeous you know you got a gorgeous view here you got the JW Marriott Resort in the background you have the Valero Hospitality booth behind the green and then we have uh, right here is another here's another shot of it uh, from the water and from that little creek right there now as being a, not only a teaching professional but a playing professional how would you attack that because I've actually been there and seen some. I was there for a skins game. And you know how there's a lot of people, a lot of leagues come out there for skins games. Well, we were out there for a skins game uh, during the COVID time, and I think uh, is it Patty, uh, the, one of the ladies that works in the works there. Is that her name?
1: Patty Rutherford. Yes, yeah. yes, Patty yeah. Rutherford.
0: Right. And so we're there, and the resort shut down. And, uh, you know, we're there waiting on the 18th green and Patty's, you know, giving us these cards to come back and play, thanking us, you know, for especially support being there and, you know, supporting the resort and the course during a rough period. Right. Yeah. And so, well, these these two, these these guys had tied in this in this round. Right. And it was a thousand dollar match. Well, uh, they said, you know what? Hey, we got to play a tiebreaker. Let's go back and play the 18th hole again for a thousand dollars. Let's play from the tips. All right, and and these are these guys. I think uh, one of the guys was an assistant pro at the Bandit, and another guy worked at Briggs. right? And I'm not going to say their names, just you know, hey, protect the innocent or the guilty, protect the guilty. Too, right? <laughs> and so they go back to the tips. They hit, obviously, they hit driver, and they're both in the fairway. And they both go for the green in two, and they get on, and they both sit- have eagle putts. One is slightly on the fringe, and the other one's probably about twelve feet away from an eagle putt. And I'm just thinking, you know, hey, these guys, uh, you know, they're not PGA guys, they're not PGA professionals. They're just, there's some guys that can just really go, go at it, and they're on in two, you know. And so I'm like, how, how come these professional PGA players aren't always on there in two?
1: Um, I think mostly because of of what the hole kind of has to offer. It's not a lot of guys who go for that green and two ever get it on the green. Um I think statistically it's it's really low um for them even to just keep it on the green, let alone get there in two. And a lot of it depends on the wind. North wind getting home in two is um, but then If the guys can just place the ball um, at a desired yardage coming in where they can have a wedge in their hand, they can control the flight and the spin of it, you know, five's the worst they're going to make anyway. So there's a lot of, you can make a lot of weird numbers by trying to go for that green in two. And in fact, I was actually there on 18 um, watching Charlie Hoffman when he came, when he won one year. Um, He tried to go for it in two. He hit it in the back bunker. He got up and down on the back bunker. Yeah, I remember that. in a lot of those cases, you know, you're short-sighted and it's going to be hard to get the ball close. But, you know, you got to look at it, too. They're, they're some of the best players in the world, so they would have the ability to get it close if anybody would.
0: To- totally agree with you. Now, as, as the win does become more of a play, as the tournament goes on, because it really seems like that's really kind of where people – Uh, start to get their game and start to see those higher numbers, start to see those reds, start to see those black. Some, some players are able to handle it a lot better. Uh, you state you did state that people that are able to drive the ball and drive it well, uh, after Camilo Viegas and Jordan Speeds, who's that next maybe sleeper guy you, you wouldn't be surprised to win this tournament? Because you know what? I always want a big name to win this tournament. I always do. And then you have the Corey Connors. You have, uh, what is it? The Stephen Botwitches. And I'm just like, no, I want Ricky to win. I want Jordan. I want a big name to win and to give this tournament more like notoriety.
1: Um, I don't know. I guess, you know, there's, there's a lot of pretty notables that are up there. I mean, I, I'm kind of stuck on Hideki a little bit just because I, I watched him hit a few balls. <clears throat> he was, excuse me. He was swinging very well. Um, I watched him play probably like a hole and a half. Um, I mean, you know, got a got a cheer for some of my, my home folks. Uh, you know, Tom Hoagie, he's a, he's a really good iron player, a really good iron player. And, and he putts the ball well too. So those two things would, would lend himself to, to putting himself in contention. I don't think some of the bigger names were really up there. I didn't see where Phil finished today. Um, I know Ricky Fowler didn't play the best. Um, you know, Ryan Moore is another one um, who he's kind of taken off and played real well and kind of climbed up the leaderboard fast Um I think Phil was at plus two
0: and Ricky did not do well. And, and, and so a lot of uh, we love Ricky. I mean, hey, we call him we call him BDR. You know, I mean, that, that's what he that's what he goes by around here with, with me, with my boys and I. And uh, we love him. And plus, he is not a big guy because I, I had to, I was so close to, to getting some Q&A with him last year. And I was just like I was looking eye to eye with him. And I was just like, you know what? You're a little guy like you're a little dude. I like you even more. Yeah, he's, he's not a he's not a towering dude.
1: No, he's he's a guard. He's not even a powerful. <laughs>
0: it's not even <laughs> he's not even small for not even small for <laughs> Well, Well, I have, I got one of the questions that that isn't popping up here on my screen. OK, but uh, or here it is. OK, right here. Um, I think it's from my buddy from one of the guys, Charlie. He says, uh, what do you think about Ricky's recent play and him potentially missing the Masters?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I would love, I'd like anybody else. Ricky's hard not to like. And, um, I would, there's some things that are going on maybe behind the scenes that we don't know, you know, maybe there's some swing changes or maybe he's working with some different equipment or something that, that we don't know a lot about. Um, I know there was some stuff in the news early in the year where he was working with some different irons and things. Don't know if some of that's part of, uh, part of the part of his plan, but yeah, I, it's, it's hard not to, yeah, everybody likes Ricky and would like to see him do well and win. And um so yeah, I I'd love to see him play in the Masters and, and, and play well here. So Yeah, we love them.
0: It's just I think for for us, I mean, I say us because I I like to think I'm not so removed from the young, the younger crowd. I'm 41 years old, but my wife says I have like the maturity level of a 13 year old boy. And so, uh, you know, I'd like I'd like to think it's my immaturity that really keeps me young and keeps me keeps me close to the the young kids. Right. The new generation. But Ricky is kind of like our uh, or maybe the the elder men group uh, of, of golf like our Arnold Palmer, you know, he's just a great ambassador for the game. Everybody loves him. And he's just, he's so likable. But, you know, as, as I'm listening to these podcasts, reading these articles, uh, that's kind of, it's kind of like getting old with some of these, uh, you know, the, these golf guys They're like, no, they want to see, they want to see him come out. They want to see him just, Hey, uh, what we always like to say, like grind, they, they want to see him just get grind, fight it out, say he's pissed off say that he's upset or say that, you know what, that he wants to do better or wants to really get after it. They want to see, we really want to see some emotion out of him. And it just, you know, he's kind of, he kind of does the the dance, you know, the the dog and pony show for the media. And uh, you know, a lot, a lot of guys out there just really want to see him just, just get his game back on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm confident that, that he will. It's just a question of when. And so, um, you know, but there's three days left in the golf tournament. If he can, potentially play you know real well tomorrow and make a move then you know the sky's the limit for the weekend because uh you know you've got basically two tournaments in one in every professional event you've got your first couple of days and then you've got the stuff that happens on the weekend and some guys can make a move and ricky is definitely one of them
0: now as you watch these professional players and I know you're always there. I always bump into you. You're working in the merchandise stand. You're you're on the course. You're on the range. You're always there. Now, how has the game of golf really uh, affected your like family? I know you man, you got a beautiful family. You you got a you got a great looking family there. And how does your wife and kids like really cuz cuz when you're in the golf industry, if you're not on the course, you're not successful.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, there's no lie that there's a lot of hours in the golf business. And part of it's just because the love that we have for the game and stuff to be a part of it at different capacities and stuff. But, um, they, uh, you know, they, they get it. That's all they've known as me as a golfer. Um, my wife didn't play golf before, uh, she met me. So the game, you know, she came into the game late and stuff, but my kids love it. And, they like to play as well. And, but they're also into a lot of other things too, which, which I like to see, um, other activities and sports and scouts and things like that. So, um, yeah, that's, it's fun to kind of, kind of be in the mix like that and, and get to spend that time together and stuff. So that's, uh, that, that's something that, you know, you can always kind of cherish as you get older.
0: And I, I totally understand that as being a teacher and a coach, Yes, I do coach my, I do coach my oldest daughter and my youngest daughter at times in some, in some sports, but I do, I like it when they do something that I'm not too familiar with. My, Mm -hmm. my oldest daughter, she's really starting to get into Olympic, Olympic uh, powerlifting or Olympic lifting. And then my youngest daughter, she does, she likes to do gymnastics and cheer and all that stuff. And I'm just like, those are two things that I just go the opposite direction in. (laughs) And, And it does, it's really nice to kind of just not. I guess, cause I'm sure you know how it is when you're with your kids, they, you could give them one thing, they don't listen to it, but somebody, a total stranger can tell them the exact same thing and they listen to it. And you're like, this is what I've been telling you this whole time.
1: Yeah. I've, I've actually been pretty lucky like that. My, my kids really don't fight my instruction. I know that's not always the case with either other golf professionals with kids or just dads in general that love golf and are trying to help their children. Um, I've, I've been lucky. So my, my kids, um, have, I've helped them and, and, uh, they've listened to me well. And, and that's not to say I'm always right. I'm just trying to do the best I can for their golf games and stuff. So it's, it's good.
0: All right. Besides being a a really good teaching professional, because you've really gone up the ranks. I remember when San Pedro was, before it got redone, it was just a little shack, a little range and a little par three course. Uh, You were out there constantly. And it seems like you've really gotten to a really good position here in, in town. I, I've seen you on TV. I've seen you doing little, little ads, little, little, you know, little clips, uh, working with the University of Incarnate Word Girls. Uh, I've seen you, you know, constantly working with some great talent. What do you think are some of the things, uh, some of the breaks you got along the way to get you from, say, a San Pedro all the way to a TPC San Antonio to being director of instruction?
1: Yeah. Um, I would say just coming from a good pedigree of, uh, of facilities that, that helped me a lot. Um, I was able to work and learn a lot from Bill Rogers. Uh, when I first came to town, I was actually trying to play professionally, but, um, you know, I watched, uh, I watched him as a person and, and as a golf professional and, and as a past playing professional, um, I learned a tremendous amount of, of stuff from Bill. Um, that, that helped me a lot. And then also, uh, just locally, uh, Jim Barker was a big, big help to me as I was kind of getting into the teaching and stuff. Um, I watched, you know, Jim kind of watched me get started and, and was able to kind of give me some good counsel and stuff. And then, and then I've got, you know, a golf professional from my home area. His name's John Dahl. He's, he's been a big, big influence on me as well. And, and, uh, so I've just tried to get lucky with, um, you know, bettering myself with whether it's an aim point express greens reading certification, or whether it's trying to learn how to be proficient at track man or be a club fitter or whatever it is. Um, I just try to kind of get myself involved in the different parts of the game that, that are all encompassing in somebody's golf game and, and use that stuff to help people play better.
0: I was in doing some research on you. I did see that. I mean, you're, you're a certified fitter for ping for Callaway for Titleist. And how does that come about? Do you have to take like some certification courses or do you have to do like some work with one of their master fitters or how does that come to be?
1: Yeah. Um, well, for example, um, when I did some work for ping, that was basically, I just worked alongside of a rep, and they show you kind of how to fit using the the ping protocols, and um, which I don't know if they still train guys the same way like that. But um, when I became like a master fitter for Callaway, I actually went to Carlsbad and went through a course, and you're tested, and you do fits, and and um, you know I was lucky lucky enough to what was really a cool story was the guy that I got to learn some from. And I got to fit him and then he fit me and kind of tested me was uh, the guy who fits Phil Mickelson. So we got to share some knowledge and with each other and and he was he was phenomenal to visit with. And so um, that that's an example of of something that's kind of a formal training and stuff. So that's having that experience with Callaway and stuff was that was a lot of fun.
0: Well, I'm glad you said Callaway because that's what I play. I play Mizuno irons. I have an Adele putter, and I have Callaway. I'm I'm still rocking the Maverick. I'm not quite. I'm not ready yet for the the speed. I'm not ready yet for the for the the epic speed just yet. I'm 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 I'm, I'm having a a love affair with my with my Maverick and this the shaft that I have for it. Uh, it's a man what is it? oh it's a smoke it's it's a smoke the black yeah. smoke you know so um it's like the perfect combo right now so like i'm i'm good right now so but but i love i love the products i love calorie products uh, i like them a lot better than i used to be with taylor made and i just uh, taylor made just puts out too many too many little like they have this version they have this series they have this series and i'm just like I don't know. I mean, and you've, you've played a lot. You you were one of the Nike guys. You were one of the Nike guys, you know, when it, when Nike was cool, you know?
1: That's right. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, I came to Nike um, at, at a good time when they had a pretty good ball. They had clubs. Um, you know, probably their Achilles heel, I felt like, was their woods. Um, they started coming out with some decent wood stuff, and then, uh, then all of a sudden the lights went out. <laughs> Nike got out of the golf business or the hard goods business. Well, shoot, man. Okay,
0: I remember at San Pedro, right, because where the your little office was and the gripping, you know, where y'all did the regripping and stuff. I remember you had a, a little Nike display of balls, and whenever I would go in there, I'd be like, "Hey, Greg, can I have? A, is there? I think there were like sleeves. They were like trial, trial sleeves, right, of golf balls. And I'd be like, "Greg, can I get?" And you're like, "Yeah." And it was like every other day, I'd be like, "Hey, Greg, can I?" Can I? And you're like, "Yeah, go for it." And then I'm just like, "I'm like, man." Greg's really cool. You know, so it was like, I always, I think I still have a couple of those <laughs> damn sleeves. That's imagine how, that's how long ago, you know, it was, it was like, what, what was that when you were there at San Pedro? How, how many years ago was that?
1: Um, let's see. I've, I've been with TPC about four and a half years. So that was probably, you know, like right around five years ago. Yeah.
0: Now, now when I told a lot of, when I told several people in the game of golf that I was going to have you on the show and they knew that you were coming up, uh, I was getting these stories and this that and the other left and right that, uh, oh, Greg can go. Greg is one of the best players in San Antonio. And then I have this this talk with uh, guys like Ray Garza, uh, Chris Dingman, Mac Wiley, uh, you know, I'm speaking to all these, these guys, uh, Christy, Christy Cano, you know, and um, I think, it, I think Michelle Castillo, Michelle mm-hmm. Castillo, because I know she used to work with you, work for you. Yep. And the, the word around town
1: is that you're one of the top players still in San Antonio. I, I just. Well, I, I try to still stay competitive. I don't play to the level I'd, I'd like. You know, if you're when you tried to play at a high level and you don't play as much as you used to, you know, you always kind of have a, a desire to still play the, at the level you once did. But um, I I enjoy just the pursuit of perfection and trying to play good. So um, you know, I I at least stay reasonably competitive in the Southern Texas PGA. So, you know, whether it's trying to get in the national club professional championship or Texas state open or whatever, it's the, the pursuit's fun. It's a fun journey.
0: And I, rem- and I remember one year, I think, I think it was when you were still at San Pedro, you had qualified, I guess, to be like at one of the, the professional tournament, you know, to go to make yep. the U S open as a plane professional. And I remember, man, uh, we were, dude, we're all rooting for you so hard. I mean, and, and, and it's so, it's so nice to like to, to speak with you because you are super down to earth and you, you have a, a golf game that can really go at it. And uh, I want to know what's the most uh,
1: side cash that you've ever played for side. Or you mean like mini tour money or just betting on the side, betting on the side, betting on the side. Um, I, you know, it's, it's not really that crazy of an amount. Um, it's, probably been like four or 500 bucks um, when we've had some kind of a wolf game or something amongst us. But, um, you know, it's, I feel like there's, there's about three different kinds of golfers out there that are, you know, call them golf pros or whatever. I think there's guys that play in tournaments. There's guys that can play good in, in um, gambling games. And I think there's guys that can play good in like multi-day events. And uh, I was, you know, just be honest, I was never really that awesome of a gambler uh, some guys I knew were, were great at that but I wanted to condition my game to to be uh, three rounds four rounds uh, a steady you know kind of I'm there for the marathon I'm not there for the sprint type thing so so yeah I, um, I got involved in some games but you know not not a lot but yeah no, no cool, exciting story. But, <laughs> no, I'm like, you know, damn, man, man I, want, and,
0: I want the juice. I want you to give me some cash. You know what? Hey, sorry, guys. Podcast is over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I actually did have a fun time one time. It was uh, me and a college teammate. We played against some. Um, they came out to Starkey Park in Sagin. And all I remember is one guy's name was Chili Pepper. And we played for, it was 20, 20, 20, 20 on the front, 20 on the total of 20 on the back and oh yeah we ended up we we like birdied the last hole to split the whole deal and um you know that was kind of funky because there was like some other guys like walking along following them and you know it it was uh man we didn't know what was going on we just we just tried to play good golf and you know not go home too beat up and and it was it was fun (laughs) we had a few games like that so where these people are today we don't know
0: but <laughs> well, hey they're out there i'm telling you I, i'm part of these games we, we played uh my buddy jeremiah and I, we played uh, and that's one thing as being in this podcast and really trying to like taking the plunge into playing with others and playing all different types of games i've learned uh bingo bingo bongo i've yeah. learned you know, three card or whatever three putt poker i've learned all these different games and and all these different types of action, and side action, snakes, you know, like I hate, I hate snakes. My, my friends call me Andy Putts, and it's just, it's cause I'm not a good putter, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, I've really, I've really seen, you know, seen some of those characters, you know, like you see those guys, the guys that, that don't play well, but, but they're, they're somebody's, uh, you know they're they're their backer. You know they're their yeah. bear, right. And then you know and then you see those guys that just hey they just want to go along for the ride. And then you see those guys that hey they're the hustlers. They're the ones that they come dressed looking like crap. But then man you know they they they'll go like four under. You yeah. know and and you know they try to hustle you in. And I'm just like. Uh, I said, dude, I don't gamble that much because I'm not good. You know, I'll, I'll do like a, a $5 Nassau or I'll do a 10-10-10 or 20-20-20 with somebody like around. I'm I'm going to like an 11-12 handicap. And so I have no problem going up against a 10 or an even an 8. But who do you think is maybe one of the best players in the city that maybe people don't know about that you've seen playing?
1: Um, I'll tell you a guy who's played really good golf for a long time is, uh, John Pierce. I've, I've played in, um, I used to play in these little mini tour events around town. when I was first getting started and I would get paired with John a lot. Um, he played as an amateur, but, um, he liked to compete and do all that. And, uh, yeah, John's, John's played a lot of good golf. Um, Chuck Ellenwood's played good golf. Uh, Alan Hills played good. I mean, there's some. Uh, I mean, the Meisner boys are good play. In fact, um, one of them's in the field this week. So, yeah, Mac. They, yeah, Mac, he, He's a stud. Yeah, yeah. He's he's got a ton of talent, and so yeah. There's there, there's a lot of talent out there. I mean, um, you know, Johnny Kiefer goes to Baylor, and he's a, one of our members at TPC. And you know, Johnny's got a ton of talent too. And so there's there's a lot of game around. Now
0: I've seen you work with a lot of like youth golfers there at y'all's facility. Now, has there been any maybe stellar athlete or golfer that you've coached that is doing some good things or that you see is just on, you know, going to do something
1: special in the game of golf? Um, I think there's some, there's some young kids that that I'm helping at our club that, you know, they're, they're not even in high school or anything yet, but they've got lots and lots of talent. Um, you know, I could see some really good things coming out of them Um, to, you know, to really cultivate talent. You've got to be at a place for quite a while. And, you know, I haven't been there that long, but um, you know, once you get to eight or 10 years of being there, you know, you've been there long enough to have some people go from middle school to high school, to college or vice of, you know, or kind of work their way up like that. And uh, you know, a few more years, maybe I'll have touched enough games of, different people, whether it's middle schoolers or high schoolers or collegiate players that, that, you know, that I can help them have some more success and stuff. So it's, it's coming. You just have to, you know, to me, you just have to be patient and help people as best you can and let the results of their game kind of speak for themselves. Well, I think you're doing that because,
0: in speaking, you know, and talking with several people that know you well, I'm, I'm, I'm like, give me something that people don't know about Greg. And I said, well, a lot of people don't know about Greg. Is it because he keeps so much to himself? And, uh, you know, and that's why I thought it was so important to have you on because, man, you are. You're one of the most talented guys, not only playing, but uh, – you know your reputation. Everybody, I'm trying to find some somebody that can say something bad about you. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not finding them.
1: You know, I'm not finding them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my, it's like one of my bosses told me uh, one time. He came in when I was working for Jim Roshak. He came into the golf shop and he goes, "Greg, come on, fire somebody." <laughs> so,
0: anyway, well,
1: it was, yeah, it was well, funny.
0: Well, I, I want to see that. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I love, I love to be there at the course when that happens. So if you're gonna do it, make sure I'm there, and Part I want to see <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. A little bit lighter side of golf. All right, uh, favorite golf movie.
1: Oh gosh, Caddyshack. Yes. Favorite yeah, character. We... Favorite character. Bill Murray. Carl. Oh yeah, Carl. Carl yeah. All
0: right, that's okay. Carl Spackler. Now I I know, you know, Ben Kern, right? You know, Ben, do you know Ben Kern well, or do you just know him from seeing Um, him at the,
1: yeah. From seeing him at the Southern Texas PGA events. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, he, he played with, he played at Kansas state uh, when he was in college and, uh, Bill Murray's brother had was, was playing at the course that he was working at and, uh, well, sure enough, who who pops up? Bill, you know, Bill Murray. Right. And so, uh, you know, he's it was a private course. And so, uh, you know, he tells a story that he was waiting for, you know, hopefully Bill Murray would give him a tip. And then Bill, what does Bill Murray do? Bill Murray gives him the line from Caddyshack, you know, <laughs> about the llama. Right. Yeah. And, and he's just like, okay, not cool, whatever. And then B said, Bill Murray's brother was just like, laughing dying laughing that you know that bill murray did this to like a kid there at the course, you know
1: (laughs) that's hysterical
0: yeah and i'm just like damn it's you know small world you know because hey that's that is a great golf movie uh favorite course here in the san antonio or south texas
1: area oh gosh um i'm very partial to the oaks not just because i work there (laughs) But I, I like the Oaks course. I also like San Antonio Country Club a lot. I think it's a beautiful old style golf course that was renovated just in an awesome way that like only clubs of that stature and that, that age can do it. Like when they go from the green right to the fringe to the next tee box and it's all closely mown like that. I love things like that, that are, that's really cool.
0: I love the layout. I've never played there, but I've been there for the UTSA women's golf tournament, the Mary B. Cough invitational. And it looks like a tough track. It looks like you have to really be precise with your shots and you have to really kind of uh, play like, you know, set up. It's kind of like in pool. You have to really set up the cue ball for the next shot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The shots into the greens um, are very much like that. Um, you know, a course that I really liked a lot too, when I first was coming to college here and stuff. uh, It had just been renovated was Pecan Valley. And that was a golf course that you walked off that going, Holy cow. I can see why they played a PGA here. Just because at the time it was so, it was in such great shape. They were getting ready for, I think the U S pub links, they were hosting it. And, you know, that's, there's a lot of, you know, older folks, you know, the Frank Connors and stuff the Jim Barkers, the guys, they played so much, a lot of that place created a lot of good players
0: well the guy i had on last week and maybe you know him his name's arnie martinez yes uh, f- from our lady of the lake uh again uh, you know to to piggyback on what you're saying about pecan valley he said that's where he honed his game that's where he was washing carts he was doing whatever it took to 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 get free golf and that's where he honed his game at and it was a travesty that that course you know was just let like, it was just let go yeah, And, and again, because with, with, you know, having major championship history and it stinks because uh, again, you know, he was, he was from the South side and, or really West side. And, but, you know, the courses being on the South side now that the Republic's gone and then there's no more Pecan Valley and it stinks that there's just really, you know, mission to Lago out there. And uh, you know, a lot of people were heartbroken. I know my dad was, my dad was heartbroken when, because, before Mission Delago and before Republic were open, uh, Pecan Valley was the first course coming into town from Corpus. Yeah, and so that's where a lot of the guys, when they had money, when they had money, would go. Would go yeah. And play.
1: Yeah, but but yeah, the Oaks and San Antonio Country Club would be the two courses that I would that are that I'm the most fond of. Now. I I think uh, Sergio and Greg Norman, they did an awesome
0: job with the Oaks. It's so tough. We played one time, and I remember I think y'all let the rough grow so thick that I just – I almost wanted to quit. It was like – I can't remember what hole it was. It was a part three, and I had already taken like three freaking swings in the damn rough. My ball stayed in there. It only went like 20 feet, 20 feet, 20 feet. And I was just just like, you know what? If I didn't pay an arm and a leg to play there, I was going to tell the guys, just, you know what, guys? Take me to the velocity bar. Take me, take me <laughs> over there to Cibolo moon. Just, just drop me off over there. You know, I should have just paid my damn green fee and steaks and, and bourbon from the
1: bar over there. It does that to a lot of people, by the way. Yes. <laughs> oh man,
0: we got some good questions. Okay. You guys want to know uh, what's in the bag, Greg? Oh, what do you got in your bag right
1: now. Okay. Um, well, I'm a Callaway staff member, so um, I'm playing the Epic speed max LS driver. Um, I'm playing a uh, Epic Speed uh, Fairway Wood, uh, Apex Hybrid, and then um, I'm actually uh, playing the Apex Pro nineteen irons. Um, I'm going to be switching to some new Apexes here, you know, fairly soon. But um, uh, oh, and then wedges, I've got um, Jaws wedges. And uh, a Toulon putter. So it's a Toulon Las Vegas putter is what I've been putting with for a while.
0: All right. Man, I was like, I, that's what I like. I really like about this setup. I mean, for being 41 years old, uh, StreamYard is who I use to do this. I said, they make it so easy and they make it so cool for, you know, a, an idiot like me to, to like, produce a show. Yeah, and and so, but I do like is that the, we have like a lot of the, you know, the interaction from the, the fans and that's what makes it, you know, makes it really cool. All
1: right. Uh, who are you playing your
0: last round of golf with?
1: Oh gosh. If I could play with somebody on my last round, um, I would probably put together um, a foursome of people that have been, you know, the most influential to me. Um, I would probably play with like, honestly i'd probably play with bill rogers john Dahl, and jim barker just for the people that kind of gave me so much of their wisdom and counsel and stuff getting into golf that, that, that would be tough to that's a tough question actually
0: <laughs> that's, what, that's what i want to hear that's what i hear uh we've had a lot of good answers in and, and i like that it's because uh I always say this and I'm not trying to name, name drop, but I had Matt Janella on the show, um, yeah. you know, from the golf channel, or formerly, you know, of the golf channel. And he, he's, you know, he was the golf destination guy and uh, he played all over the world. And I asked him, I said, well, what's your favorite round of golf? Like what was your best round of golf? And, and he tells me, uh, you know, he just starts, he couldn't answer me. He said, cause it's always really about, that moment it's always about the people like you're surrounded by mm-hmm. and it's not about where you or, or you said probably where you are could play a part in it you know like let's say you're at whistling straits or you're at uh, pebble beach or you're at Coronado, or you're at uh, tory pines you know or the old course you know uh, or even augusta he said a lot has to do with uh, the people you're with and what's yeah. going on at that exact moment yeah and and hearing that guy say that it, it changed really my outlook on it and then hearing you say about the guys that really like mentored you and gave you kind of like your chops in the game uh that makes me that makes me really excited and And it gives me all those vibes and the feels that I try to get when I'm doing this show, because I do the show. I'm thankful like for the followers and the viewers of it and the listeners, but you know what? I really do it for me because I'm, I'm, it's a way to stay close to my dad. And when I can't be on the course, this is, this is like, keeps me, I'm on the course right now because I'm talking with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think it was, um, it might be at Carlton Woods, Fazio in Houston. Uh, Tom Fazio puts a quote on the back of the card and says, I don't believe in signature holes. I believe in creating the best experiences on every hole. So, I I that I I kind of was taken back by that quote. Some of these guys they um uh, as I get a little older, I have more of a uh, one of these things that these architects and stuff say because it's very insightful.
0: Man, that's that that that's great that's what i want to hear i didn't get a chance to play the fazio course we were set up to play it but something happened and we had to play the nicholas course instead
1: oh that's a good one too
0: oh it it was it it was it was great it was a great experience i played with some again so it was just it was a great foursome that we had and i actually had some birdies too and i had had a lot of birdie (laughs) juice that day as well it made it even better but uh Hey, I wanted to really thank you, Greg. Thanks so much for being on the show. I just, I just got one more question for you. Yeah, you. Um, uh, what's your,
1: what's your best golf memory? My best golf memory. Um, I would say one of my best golf memories is kind of a quirky story, but uh, it was when I played a practice round in the U.S. Open. Um, it was in between two rounds of golf. Uh, it just kind of shows you how fickle the game can be. Um, I teed it up with Stuart Appleby and went out and played with him. And he hit it is absolutely as good as I've ever seen anybody hit a golf ball. And I got back to the hotel room that night and I told my wife, I said, oh, my God, this guy hits the ball better than I've ever seen anybody hit it. I think he's going to win this thing. Then the next day I get out there and I play with uh, Colin Montgomery. And he kind of scrapes it around for about six or seven holes and then starts to get his game going. And we were actually supposed to play with Bernhard Longer as well, but he was having some back spasms and stuff. And I really would have enjoyed playing with him as well. But anyway, get done playing with Colin, and I'm like, holy cow, this guy, he didn't hit it that good, man. He's like all these order of merit, you know, player in the European tour, man, I don't know about this. I don't think he's even going to make the cut. Well, <laughs> he had a top five and Stuart Appleby missed the cut. So that tells you, <laughs> that tells uh, you. <laughs> I just, I got done with that tournament. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm glad I'm not a betting guy. Cause I'd, have, I'd be, I'd be old for two right now. And so I, I just remember, you know, taking all that stuff in and, and then kind of getting home and sitting down with Bill and kind of, you know, recapping on on the way, you know, what could I've done better and things like that. So that would, that's probably one of my best golf memories. I've, I've got a lot of good ones, but that was a good one.
0: Well, you've done a lot of things that guys like us want to do, you know, hack golfers like us, because when I'm out there and I'm practicing on the range, I'm like, I want to be on the Hooters tour. I'm going to make the Hooters tour. I know it, it doesn't exist no more, you know, or the Nike tour or the Nike, tour. I'm going to make the Nike tour. Yeah. That's, you know, like, those are some of my goals that, that's just, uh, that should tell you how much I'm dating myself, you know, with this, because I remember those places. I remember the Hooters tour. I remember the Nike tour, you know, yeah. I remember, I remember those, those small tours that oh, that's me. I'm going to be there one day. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make it one day, <laughs> but Hey, thanks. Thanks again so much, Greg, man. I, I appreciate your insight. Uh, Man, I got a lot of feedback from a lot of people, and, uh, you know, you say that about how Stuart Appleby was such a yeah. solid hitter, but I've heard that so many times from other people and your peers and coworkers and people that you've mentored, that they say nobody here in town hits it sweeter than Greg Hiller. And uh, I said, and he said, he did, like, the way he compresses the ball, his swing, it's kind of like, Uh, maybe like a throwback swing and you know a little bit more old-fashioned and it's just uh, they say to see and to watch you swing it's sweet and uh man I appreciate you being on the show today
1: yeah Andy this was a lot of fun I'd I'd be happy to come on some other time if you'll have me but yeah this was I love the questions and it was good and I like the viewers kind of chiming in with the comments and questions it it was a lot of fun I, I really enjoyed it well, I'm sure
0: they want to because you know what I have to bribe them, right? So because I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving away four tickets to tomorrow's round. You know, I'm,
1: you're not giving away those Nike balls, are you?
0: <laughs> hey, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting, man. You know, I'm still holding on to those. I'm still holding on to those for for that one round. You know, for that one round that I go to, that I play it at Briggs or that I play at Cordillera. You know, where I get those courses that you know those top notch courses.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I really appreciate you having me and, uh, le- you know, I-, I always like tuning into your show and kind of keeping an eye on you in Facebook as well. It's, uh, it's, you're doing a great job with all this stuff and keep up the good work. Well, thanks, man. Did you have any questions or anything for me? Um, you know, the one thing that I would say is, what whatever prompted you to to start a show like this? Did you always kind of have a like a broadcasting sort of desire, or what was it? Uh, well,
0: no, because you know what? I just I, I watch a lot of the, the the barstool forward play guys, and I like them, but they don't they talk like their show is about probably about an hour, maybe almost two hours. And they do, I I love, don't get me wrong. I love Dick and fart jokes. I love Dick and fart jokes. You know what I mean? I'm a guy, come on. And, but you know what? Like, I I like it when it's about the golf or I like it when they have somebody on for an interview. And (laughs) my dad, and and I said this for people that have watched this show a lot, I say it constantly, but uh, I don't care. It's my show. (laughs) And uh, I didn't have the best relationship with my dad growing up. And as we've gotten older and we put a lot of our, you know, foolishness and whatever bad blood that we had or animosity aside, the thing that really got us through some of the rough patches has been the game of golf. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, you know, the drill, you're out there four or five hours. And then if you go out and maybe have some drinks, have some dinner, and then talking about the round and just kind of, you know, like just, just shooting it, you know, uh, it was a really great way for him and I to really, Put the past in the past, and to really build our relationship. And I'm so thankful for it. Uh, it's just I felt like every time we play around, I felt like I got some of the years back that I had so much hatred towards him. And you know, you know, getting real personal and uh, emotional about it is just this game. I felt like it saved us. It saved our relationship. And so I love the way. I, I, it's kind of like a golf swing. I hate to see myself swing but I love to hear my, you know, I hate to hear myself on the, on the, on the radio or, you know, on the podcast or anything, but I love to hear my guest responses, their stories and their answers. Cause it keeps me, it keeps me like, like I stated on the course. And so it keeps me like close to my dad. And I just, I love this man. I love this game and it's done such a lot of great things for so many people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You could, you could say that again. It doesn't, um, I mean, perfect example of what you just said is I'm on a, I'm playing on the Dakotas tour, um, you know, a bunch of years ago and I'm standing on the tee box and we're waiting for, it's like, you know, two groups backed up. And then there's me who came from, you know, didn't come from a lot, small town course and all that. And then the, it was, we were playing in threesomes at the time. The, another guy in my group, he grew up at a country club, had lessons his whole life, went to a Division One school And then another guy I'll never forget. He dropped out of junior college and he had just gotten fired from foot locker and he scraped up whatever money he had. And he turned pro and he started playing. Here's all three guys from three different walks of life, standing on a tee box competing, you know, no, no other game can do that like that. So it's, that's kind of the crazy part. I
0: totally, I totally agree with you. Uh, I do some work for, uh, for fairways for warriors Mm -hmm. and, uh, the, the uh, you know, one of the things that my first day there with them, uh, I was in a, he, uh, just they had me, hey, go, hey, man, come on in with the conference call. So you can hear us in a conference call with our chapter in Florida. And um, the guy at the time was running it, his name was Clay. And the the guy that's running it now, his name is Steven Escobedo, uh, Beto. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, he, yeah, yeah, you know Steve. And he's a good buddy of mine. Uh, he's a Marine. My dad's a Marine. Yeah. And uh, they were talking about how many, uh, how many, Lives are lost, you know, for veterans by suicide. And I I couldn't tell you, I don't want to tell you the wrong statistic, but it was just alarming. And I think my dad fought in Vietnam. Uh, He said he was ridiculed when he came back for for being a soldier at the time and fighting in a war that nobody wanted to fight, you know, Mm -hmm. according to everybody, when he came back home. I think without him knowing it, I think the game of golf was his therapy without him knowing it. Yeah. And I think what the game of golf has done, what I see for fairies for warriors, man, it saves lives. It gets people active. It gives them a, a purpose. If maybe they don't have any, it's camaraderie. And it's just like, I, I'm trying to grow this game here in San Antonio. And the reason, one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to start this show is that Dave Roberts is a good dude. Uh, I love Dave. He's a great guy. I interviewed his son, Ty. And yeah. You know what their show, they have to make money, you know, they have to make money. And, I am really trying to showcase a lot of what's here in town. We've got a lot of great golf, and I don't think a lot of people in this state or around the city know that. We are a destination place for golf. We are. You know, we got BRAC. We got such a charming freaking course with so much history in BRAC. We got TPC San Antonio that's got the two courses, the Oaks and the Canyons, that's got great amenities, water slide for the family, everything, you know, the nightlife. It's awesome. We do so many staycations out there. You know, and then just down the street, you got Canyon Springs, you know, we have all the different types of terrains. You got Cedar Creek, you know, we have it all, you know, that Greg, we have it all here around this town. And I'm really trying to, I'm really trying to help Dave and those guys. I'm trying to help Andy Everett because you know what, Uh, I'm trying to help those guys because golf is just, it's a saving grace for a lot of people. And like I stated, it saved my dad and I's relationship and I think it can do it for somebody else and it can help. Those guys, uh, you know, for people, just whether they're they're soldiers or they're not, you know, it, it really helps you put those stress in, towards other things.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree.
0: Well, thank you, man. I, I appreciate it so much. And if there's anything you ever need me to do, you need me to, to pump one of your students or anything you got going on.
1: Please let me know, man. I'm, I really appreciate you being on the show. You're very welcome. And I same to you, Andy. If you ever need anything, let me know. All right. Thanks, Greg. You have a good night. All right. You too.
0: Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, I'm sorry if I get a little emotion lotion sometimes. It's just, I, I do. I love this game. It, it's such a great game. Uh, it really teaches you a lot about yourself. I tell that to my kids. I had a, I had a golf tournament with my kids this past week at, at my school, a Blessed Sacrament Catholic School. And um, it was awesome to see them out there. And I told the kids, I said, hey, don't cheat yourself. Uh, if you got a five, write down, you got a five, if you got a six, you got a six. Hey, if you have to pick up, pick up, uh, don't cheat yourself. Because at the end of the day, you're the only one lying to yourself. And I think, and I think, uh, I'm so- sorry that I'm getting emotional, but uh, man, th- this game really teaches you, uh, the term is grind. Like, can you grind? Can, can you grind? Can you get yourself out of a bad situation? Can you get yourself out of a tough situation? Can you be truthful when it's time to be truthful? are you going to use that foot wedge are you going to improve your lie? Are you going to say you got a par when you really got a bogey? Um, this this is a great game, man. It's just a freaking great game. I love it. And I'm really trying to get guys like Greg, uh, Arnie, Robert Vasquez, Ray Garza. I'm really trying to get those guys, their names out there. I mean, just, we have so much great golf, so many great personalities. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't I don't see. Oh thank you, Daniel. Uh, Daniel, awesome show. The real motion is the best part of the show. Hey, thanks, Daniel. Appreciate it, man. Miss you, dude. Miss you, man. Stay safe out there, dude. Thank you for protecting us out there. Um it's awesome. All right, guys. Uh just the last thing I'm gonna finish out with. I know several of y'all are waiting to see. Ah, uh, it, it did, bro. Uh hey. That's right. Brought our family together. James Anaya. Hey, James. That's what the game does, man. That's what this game does. It brings people together. And whether it's with the cold one and the stogie, even better. Right, James? Even better. Um, I'm going to give a little shout-out, okay, guys? i want to give a little shout-out to one of uh, – one. I know him. He's a good young man. I don't know. Hopefully the picture comes out really good. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, it's, I'm, it's blocking me, but oh well. Uh, this is uh, Jesse Jr., uh, Jesse Cardenas Jr., He's a freshman out at Bandera High School in Bandera, Texas. This kid is a freaking stud. Uh, Not only is he a great young man, great manners, comes from a great family, um, great upbringing, tough upbringing. Uh, He rides bulls. He plays basketball. He plays football. He was a starting running back as a freshman on varsity, but he could tear it up on the golf course as well. Uh, He just made it to into into the regionals, uh, representing his team, finishing second in his uh, tournament. I want to give a shout out. He's a freshman. He's a stud. Put him on the map. Put him on the map. College coaches, anybody out there? Jesse Calderas Jr., a.k.a. Day Day uh, and great kid can go at it. But hey, Day Day, I'm coming after you. You heard that, Jeremiah. I'm coming after him, all right? he's This guy is always with me, him and his dad. The two-man team, they always gang up on me. So we're going to get him next time. Jeremiah, mark my words. We're coming after you, Day Day. Hey, man, I'm so proud of you, Day Day. You're a great young man, and all the success you're getting right now, you definitely deserve it. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and look at everybody that had the comments. I'm going to select some winners for our four- free tickets to Valero, Texas open. That is tomorrow. You'll see me out there. I will be out there with some of my boys. My godsons will be out there. Uh, some of my best buds, my four bros will be out there. Uh, maybe I'll even run into Greg. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. All right. Remember in the game of life, nothing is OB. Have a good night.